following is a podcast from Sozo, a student ministry at Victory Family Church. We meet every Wednesday from 6.30 to 8.30. For more info, check us out on Instagram at SozoYTH. speaking with you all today. I'll wait until everybody finds their seats because I don't want you guys to miss out on anything. But I do want you guys to know that my name's Alyssa. If you've never met me before, if you're new, please come and introduce yourself to me after service. I would love to meet you. I am Ben's wife. We pastor Sozo. Um, And so how many of you guys enjoyed at the movies last week? My favorite movie was Jumanji. Shout it out. What were your favorite movies? What? I heard bacon. I don't think that that was accurate. Anyways, well, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed at the movies. It is such a fun series for sure. So if you're new here today, I just want to welcome you. I want you to know how much we love you and that every time that you come into service, our heart is for you to experience God's unconditional love, for you to know how much he cares about you, how much he loves you, and how much he is for you. And so this week you're getting me, but next week my husband Ben is going to be back up here speaking. Woo-hoo! Let's give it up for Ben. It's going to be so awesome, so hold tight because he will be back. So let's go ahead and pray, and then I'll go into the message. Father God, I just thank you for each individual in this room today. God, I just pray that they hear what you need them to hear, that you would speak to their hearts. God, I pray that we lay things down to you today so that we can grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the message that I'm speaking to you guys today, it's one where you get the option to grow in your relationship with Christ. And I say option because you can either choose to hear this message and totally dismiss it, or you can listen to this message and put it, to, put it to use. Do the action steps. Because remember, we can't just be hearers of the words, but we need to be doers of the word as well. In this message, it's going to challenge you. So this isn't a fluffy message for you today. This is one that I want you guys to be expecting. It's going to challenge you to grow. It's going to encourage you to grow. But the thing with growth is that sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes there's some pressure. Sometimes it takes us out of our comfort zone. And so this message today, it's going to do that exact thing. It's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Because what we need to do today is we're going to confront some things, we're going to face some things, and we're going to overcome the things that hinder our relationship with God. Because in order to grow, we need to let go of who we once were so that we can become who God has called us to be. And so in order to grow in your relationship with God, in order to get to that next level, we need to say goodbye to some things. We need to lay them down so that we can become who God has called us to be and go to that next level with him. Because you see, God doesn't call us to stay in the same spot. He doesn't want you to be struggling with the thing that you're struggling with today in the next five years. He doesn't want you to be the same maturity level with him that you are today as you will be next year. 
He wants you to constantly grow. The Bible talks about going from glory to glory. And what that means is you go from one level to the next. You keep getting better and better in your relationship with Christ. We're constantly working stuff out. And what that means is we're going to let some stuff go. We're going to say goodbye to some things so that we can grab onto the promises that God has for us and the things that are in our future. And so I kind of thought about this as I was writing this message. I don't know if any of you guys have, pulled, have heard about how gold is refined. But the thing with gold is that, if you didn't know, the most pure thing of gold is 24 carats. And so there's other different levels of gold, but 24 carat is the most pure. And in order for it to get to that 24 carat, in order for it to become that pure, what you do is you take the gold and you put it in fire. In gold, it melts very easily, so it melts quickly, and then the other metals come to the surface. And so what happens is this gold, it melts, but the things that are not pure, the things that are not valuable, the things that will not help it out, come to the surface so that it can be swept away. And so today, you are that gold that are being refined. You are that person that the things that are not going to help you, the things that are actually hurting you, they're going to come to the surface so that they can be identified, they can be confronted, and they can be overcome in the name of Jesus. Because you will always be refining, but God has called you to let go of some things. And so what I'm going to be doing is we're going to go through a prayer in Psalm 139. And you might think, oh, Alyssa, a prayer, that's not, that's not a big deal. Prayers are pretty simple. But the thing with prayer is that people don't realize how powerful prayer can truly be. And so we pray these safe prayers. And they're not bad prayers. They're, they're okay. There's nothing wrong with them. But sometimes we are only praying safe prayers. We pray things like, God, keep me safe. Help me to get an A on my math test. Help me to make it on the basketball team. And while there's nothing wrong with those prayers, but those prayers are safe. And so the prayer that we're going to pray at the end of the night today, it's more of a dangerous prayer. Because if you truly pray this prayer... If you truly want God to answer these questions, you're going to become uncomfortable. There's going to be some things that God is going to point out in your life that you're going to think, oh, I don't want to confront that. I don't want to face that. I don't want to deal with that today. And so the title of my message is Pray Dangerously. Pray Dangerously. So we're going to be going to Psalm 139, 20, verses 23 and 24. And so these verses... David wrote this, these, this psalm, and he wrote it after this war had happened. And what had happened in this war is his enemies had actually called him out, and they said that he did something that with pure, or not pure, but impure motives. And so instead of da David saying, I didn't do that, that wasn't me, I would never do that, or yeah, I did that, but I did it because of this, this, and this. Instead of defending himself, instead of justifying himself, he prayed this prayer. Can we turn these fans off in the back? I don't know if we can do that. Sorry, but he prayed this prayer, and it says this in verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So I'm going to break this prayer down for you and explain to you what exactly he was asking. So the first part is search my heart. Search my heart. And whenever he says heart, 
What you need to know is in the Bible, when they talk about the heart, it's talking about the mind, the will, the emotions. So that's what the heart makes up. And so he's asking God to inspect him, not so that God can figure out what is in his heart, because God already knows what our heart is made up of. But he's asking God to show him what's in his heart so that God can point out the things that David can't see. So that God can show him what his motives are, what is in his heart that David didn't know about. Because you see, we don't actually see ourselves 100% accurately. When I was in college, I took a lot of psychology classes. And in one of my classes, I remember learning that whenever we take in information about ourselves, we actually take in that information and perceive ourselves in the best light possible. And so sometimes we kind of avoid little facts about ourselves so that we don't fully see all the things that are going on in our heart, so that we don't fully see all the bad stuff that we might be doing. It's kind of like a defense mechanism. So when David asked God to show him this, he knew it was because that sometimes we kind of lie to ourselves, that we can't see the full picture of who we are, and that God can see all that is in our hearts. And he knew that he had to reach out and call out to God in order to know who he really is and what is really in his heart. Because many times we kind of downplay some stuff. We say, I'm not that bad. It's just a little lie. Or it was okay. I mean, I'm not a gossip. I just need to, that all that information so I can pray for that person. Or I'm not materialistic. I just like nice things. And so we make all these reasons up for our actions, and we try to justify the things that we do, but these things are actually hurting us. They're actually hurting our relationship with God, but yet we continue to do them because we don't fully see all that is going on within our heart. The next thing he asks God is he says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. And so what he's saying is, God, reveal my fears. He's asking God to reveal his fears. And he's not talking about things such as spiders and snakes or centipedes. But he's asking God to show him what he's so afraid of. The thing that shakes him at his core. The thing that when he thinks about it, that it totally destroys him on the inside. And so I want to ask you, what are you afraid of? What are you internally afraid of? Are you afraid of not having friends? Maybe not finding love, not finding that boyfriend, not finding that girlfriend. Maybe you're afraid of the future, the unknown, afraid of failing, succeeding, or possibly you're afraid of your own emotions. You don't want to face them. Or maybe you're afraid of loss. You're afraid, what will happen if I lose my parents? What will happen if I lose my friend? What will I do if this happens to me? And so these fears that we have on the inside, they control us. And so the reason why David asked God to show him this is because what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Think about that. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. You see, the reason why we fear that area is because we feel like we are the only ones with control. And we haven't given God that control yet. Because we're saying, I don't trust you. You can't handle this. You're not capable. So instead, we hold on tight to it. But there are things that are outside of our control. And so, therefore, the fear comes through. Because we're saying, God, you can't do this. 
And so for me, I had this fear that I had to work through. So some of you know that when Mila was born, she was born with this infection, and she had to be in the hospital for a little bit. And so when that happened, this lie, this fear was instilled in my heart that said, something bad could happen to your daughter. And so I bring home this little baby along with this new fear that I have. And since you guys have never been first-time parents, I will tell you it's really scary because you bring home this little human and you're in charge of their life and you're like, oh, snap, I have to remember to feed you. I have to take care of you. Like, it is just me. There's no doctors and nurses here, but it falls on my shoulders. And so the fear just kind of grew. And so over time, as I realized that I'm this little girl's protector, the anxiety got worse. And I started to come up with these crazy scenarios in my mind of all these bad things that could happen to Mila. Like zombies attacking, like I can't even tell you. Like it was like everything that you could possibly think of going wrong, I imagined it. And so my fear spiraled out of control. And after talking with friends and going to God, I realized that I wasn't trusting God. And I realized that I needed to go to him. And after spending time in the word, I went to God and I learned that he was more capable of protecting Mila than I ever could be. That he could do things for her that I would never be able to do. That he was there for her in a way that I never, ever could be. And I had to learn that God has her interest, best interest, more so than I do. And he loves her more than I do. And so I had to learn to let go and give him control and let go of that control. And so the fears that we have in our life, even though we feel like we're trying to control them, they're actually controlling us. And so we have to learn to kind of open our hands up and surrender them to God and say, God, I'm not going to let this control me, but I'm going to give this over to you. And the third thing that David prayed for is he said, see if there's any offensive way in me. But ultimately he was saying, reveal my sin. He was saying, show me, God, if there's anything that I'm doing in my life that is hurting my relationship with you. Show me if I'm doing something that is keeping me distant from you or hurting you or not upholding what's in your word. Show me if there's something that I'm doing that is pointing to the fact that I'm not walking with you. Show me what I am doing that is harming my relationship with you. And this one's probably the hardest one to ask God about. Because the thing with sin is, Kind of a couple things can happen. Sometimes we have sin that we know of in our life and we enjoy it. And we say, nope, this is mine. I don't want you to take the thing that I enjoy because this is good and you don't understand and you're not a good God because this is fun for me. And so we keep it away from God. Or the other thing that can happen is we feel shame because sin naturally brings shame with it. And so we kind of barricade ourselves still from God, and we say, you can't look at this. This is too bad. You can't touch this. And so you keep it away from the God who can help you the most because you say, I don't want you to see how bad I am, or I don't want you into this bad part of my life. And so the very area that we need God the most, we shut him out. And the lie that usually pops up with sin is that we think when we have this sin in our life, that God will distance himself from us and he'll say, I don't love you. I don't want to come near you when you have that sin. But that's a lie because the thing is, is that sin never affects God's heart towards us. 
it only affects our heart towards him. And so we build this wall and we say, you can't come near to me because I have this going on in my life. And so it draws us back from him. And the whole time God is there just standing there wanting to love on you and help you through that. But we just continue to distance ourselves from him because we're afraid of what will happen if we go to him with this sin. And some of you guys know something that I struggled with in high school um, when we did our sex series in the beginning of the year. So I grew up in the church. I was saved when I was six. I went to VBS all the time. I went to church twice a week. I sat through big church. I sat through Sunday school. I sat through it all. And so I knew what God's heart was. I knew what he wanted of me, and I knew what he didn't want of me. I knew all the things. But then when I got to 10th grade, I met this boy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to marry him. I love him, blah, blah, blah. And so I gave my virginity away in 10th grade. 10th grade. And so I opened up this door where I just gave myself away to this boy. And I justified, it's okay. We're going to get married. I gave this excuse to myself to make it okay. But you see... That relationship ended, and then another relationship started. And then I gave a piece of myself away to that guy. And then the next relationship, and it just continued on and on. And so while I was caught up in this lifestyle, I was caught up in this lifestyle. And while I probably at the time would have told you that it was fun to live this way, the truth of the matter is, is that there was a piece of me that was dying on the inside. Because all I really wanted was love. But instead I kept giving parts of myself away that I shouldn't have been giving away. Pieces of myself. All the while this was happening, and I was still going to church. I was on a platform on a worship team. And so I was able to live this double life where I could go to church and I could praise Jesus and I could do all these things because all the people I knew from church, they didn't go to my school. But then I would go to school and even though I didn't say that I didn't believe in God, I also lived a totally different life, this double standard. And if you're living that double standard, you know how much it hurts you. As fun as it feels like it can be, it hurts you on the inside. And so I continued this, this walk. I continued living this out until I met somebody that helped me through my struggle. I confessed my sin to her, and she helped me through. But guys, the thing a lot of times with sin is that we say, oh, it's not hurting anybody else. It's just affecting me. Well, that's not okay because obviously I don't want it to affect you. God doesn't want it to affect you. But I think about this all the time. What if I would have been on fire for God in high school, what if I would have given him my all? Who else would I have been able to impact? Who else could I have helped? Because you see, the world needs you. The world needs who God has called you to be. He doesn't want you to just live in this sin and struggle because not only do you get affected, but everybody around you gets affected because they're not having what God has called you to be. They don't get that prize of who you were called to be. They don't get that person that God has called you to be. They don't get that because you're stuck in a sin that you were never called to be stuck in. And so sin doesn't just hurt us, but it hurts everybody around us. And so like I said, I eventually, I got free from that struggle when I was early in college. I asked God to forgive me first, but so we ask God's for, for God's forgiveness. But the second thing that we need to do with sin is we need to go to other people and confess our sins. 
We don't need to tell everybody, but the Bible says it's important to confess our sins to one another. And the reason why that reason why that is, is because people hold us accountable. The people that we are with, God has placed in our life on purpose. He's put us there. He's put them there to hold you accountable, to help you through that struggle, to have them lean, have you lean on them whenever you are going through something. God has placed people in your life on purpose, not so that you can struggle alone, but so that they can help you bear that burden with you. So whenever service is over, our small group leaders will be on the side. And I know a lot of you are going to be processing things, wanting prayer about different things. But if there's something that you feel like you need to confess, our leaders are there. They love you. They're not judging you. They want to help you through this. They're going to give you sound biblical advice. And they're going to tell you things that you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And that's what you need whenever you're going through something. And as I'm talking, I'm sure that some of us are in here and there's some sins, some things popping up already that we're really aware of. But I want you to know today is your day to be set free. But I also know that there's some of us in here who maybe don't have as obvious of sins that we know about. And so I'm going to give you guys three questions to ask yourselves to help you to kind of uncover sins. Three questions to make you self-aware about some sins or things that are going on in your life. And so the first question is, what are other people trying to tell me? What are other people trying to tell me? If there has been several people throughout your life, different people, that have told you the same thing over and over again, well, you need to use wisdom with that, but you also need to think about the fact that you are the common denominator. All these different people telling you the same exact thing, you might want to listen into that and ask God, God, is this true? Because God will show you if it is true or not. The second question to ask yourself is what have I rationalized for some time? What have I rationalized for some time? What have we told ourselves? It's not that big of a deal that I wait. Or nobody knows that I watch this or that I do that. Or this is just how I cope, so it's okay. It's nobody else's business. And then the third question to ask ourselves is where am I the most defensive? Where do I get the most defensive? When people bring up a topic to you, do you get angry about this certain topic over and over again? Is it something when, that when people try to talk to you about it, you, you get defensive, you yell at them, you tell them, I'm not going to talk about it. We're not going there. Don't judge me. All these other things. And so we throw it back at them. Where do you get defensive? And so the last thing that David prayed in his prayer, and this is so important, because he's asking God to reveal all these areas in his life, all these things that are going on that are hindering his relationship with God. But he doesn't forget that he needs God to help him through this. And so he prays, lead me in the way everlasting. But the Passion Translation reads it like this. And lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. So David ultimately prayed all of this. Not so that he could be holy 
but because he truly, in his heart, he wanted to be closer to God. He wanted to get rid of everything in his life that was stopping him, preventing him to draw even closer to God. He wanted to be all that God had called him to be. And so he put it all out on the line and said, God, tell me all of the things about myself, even the things I don't want to hear. Tell me what it is because I just want more of you. I want all that I can have of you. And so I lay it all down and I say, God, Tell me what it is that I need to surrender because I'm surrendering it today. But I need your help. Because God is going to show us these things. And God showed David some things. And so God's going to point some things out in your lives today. And it's not so that he can make you feel bad or put you down. But he's pointing these areas out in your life so that he can show you where you need him most so that he can point you back to him. Because his heart has always been this whole time so that he can be so close to you. And so when there's things that are in the way that are preventing you from drawing close to him, he wants those out because this whole time, from the beginning that the earth was created, his focus has been you and being close to you. And so I just want you guys to know that God loves you so much. And that I encourage you that as he points things out in your life, as he shows you sins, as he shows you offenses, as he shows you fears, that you don't push them aside. Because God wants you to grow. I want you to grow. God wants to take you to that next level with him. He wants you to grow in him. He doesn't want you to stay where you're at. But he knows that there's things that you have to give up and that you have to surrender. And if there's some of you in here today that are like, this doesn't apply to me. I don't really have anything. I'm going to make it real simple. The thing that you struggle with is pride. Because there is no perfect person in this room, including myself. From the, this, from the rest of my life, I will constantly be working on being closer, becoming more like Christ. Because that's who he's called us to be. And we will never be perfect until we are in Jesus' presence. And so if that is your attitude today, get rid of it. Because you want to be as humble as possible with God. Pride comes before the fall. And I don't want to fall. But just know today that God wants all of you. He wants more of you. And so I'm going to ask our leaders to go ahead on the sides because they're going to be the, available during this last song of worship to pray with you. And so I want you to see where they're going to be. So if you need to process through something, if God laid something heavy on your heart, or if you're not sure how you feel about something, or maybe you're iffy about something God brought up, they are there to help you. They are there to process through this with you. If you have something you want to confess these are your people. They are for you. They are not against you. This is between you and them. And they're going to help you through this. And so I'm going to ask you guys to come up front. And as you guys are coming up front, the prayer is going to be on the screens behind me. And so I can't make you ask, I can't make you pray this prayer. But if you want to grow closer to God, if you are not afraid for him to show you the stuff that's in your life, if you're ready to lay some things down today, if you want to surrender some parts of yourself to God, then pray this prayer. Because he's, he's going to show up and he's going to say some things. And he's going to point some things out. 
but know that he does it in love and he does it because he only wants more of you. So we're just gonna, can you guys put that prayer up on the screen, the searching God verse? Thank you. So let's go ahead, let's pray that together. Say, search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In Jesus' name.